All right, so we are continuing our yuck series this week, and my story I'm going to bring right now is not necessarily a yuck as in something gross, but a yuck in how I acted. The yuck in what's gross will come later. Um, but basically, I wanted to tell you guys a story about a time that I got in trouble for complaining. So you may not know this about me, but I'm uh, what's called an opinionated person, and which means I have a lot of opinions, and I like to share them with you whether you asked for it or not. And so I, uh, when I was a kid, this was worse because I was not, uh, you know, mature and, and able to hold my tongue as much. My, I just let it fly, you know? And so this one particular time, I think I was about 10 years old, um, which is a long time ago, and I don't want to say the year because it's going to hurt my feelings. Anyways, I was about 10 years old, and I was in the back of my mom's minivan with my brother. And we really wanted Burger King. And that was a no-go in our household. We never went out to eat. One, because my mom was like a super Dave Ramsey person, so we like budgeted really hard and had like the envelopes full of cash. And she was like, oh, sorry, we can't do it. Our eat out envelope was empty. Spoiler alert, it was always empty. We never had an eat out envelope. We just didn't go out to eat because the second reason was she was like a health food nut. Like we ate like it was like before Vitamin Cottage or Sprouts was even really a thing. So we got like food in the mail for this like weird Christian mail order health food thing. We'd get like a cardboard box full of bread and oats and I don't remember if there was communion elements or what. But um, it was just this weird box where we got like, health food. And what my mom didn't realize about that is like she would only let us eat kick cereal. Do you guys know what kick cereal is? It's like these tiny little corn balls. I think they're better now, but back when I was a kid, they were like sawdust just wet and formed in little spheres. And what she didn't realize is the amount of sugar I was putting on top of the kicks to make them taste good, it would have been healthier if I just ate Fruit Loops. Like it was, it, it, probably 20 full spoonfuls of sugar to make this taste good. But anyway, that's beside the point. We're in the back of the minivan and we want Burger King. My mom's like, no, we're not doing it. And uh, like I said, I'm an opinionated person. And also, I'm an excellent button pusher. Like, I'm real good at getting under the skin and just like, she gave me a reaction on that. I'm going to zero in on that. And so my mom was like, hard stop. No, we're not going to Burger King. We have food at home. And I was like, ugh. Ugh. We never eat out. You know, like how a 10-year-old just like all of a sudden it's the worst thing in the world that they've never had Burger King. It's just like, oh, mom, we never eat out. We only ever eat gross health food. I'm going to die. And so like, and, and what you don't realize when you have a little sibling and you're also a kid is you have a tremendous influence over your little sibling, right? And so my brother is all of a sudden like, hey, yeah, we don't ever eat out. Hey, yeah, I want Burger King too. And so now there's like a riot. Both of us are revolting at this point. And we're like, Burger King, Burger King. And I'm just whining and complaining. And my mother is this very sweet, quiet person. And I've never seen her yell, but I have seen her very calmly almost kill me a bunch of times. And so this time we're like, we're going hard after it. And all of a sudden my mom is just driving quietly and she just pulls the minivan over to the side of the road without saying anything, without looking at us, there was no warning. She puts it in park and my, even still, we're giving her the riot act. We want Burger King, oh, I want a cheeseburger. And she's like, get out. And I was like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> she's like, get out. And I was like, mom, you can't be serious. We're not at home. We're not even in our neighborhood. She's like, I'm sick of listening to you. Get out of the car. And she made me get out of the car. And what's worse, she made my brother get out of the car. And he looked at me, he was like, what did I do? <laughs> and so straight up, and this was a long time ago. This was a different time. Like this was not that, un like 
that we were near our neighborhood. It's not like we were on in Fruta and we were on the other side of town. She like, uh, we could see our house and I just was being dramatic, but she was like, get out of the car and walk. And it was totally because I was complaining. I had a bad attitude. I had a bad perspective about what I didn't realize is that we didn't have that much money, so we couldn't go out to eat. And my dad had health issues, so we had to eat healthy food. And all I could see was I'm not getting a cheeseburger and I'm going to complain about it. And last week, Joe talked about when the Israelites left Egypt and crossed the desert and how they complained about it, right? And how they were afraid of it and stuff. And so this week, I want to look at complaining, right? It's pretty obvious what, what we're going to focus on tonight is complaining. And so what the Israelites were afraid in that situation, right? When they crossed the desert, they were afraid of what Pharaoh was going to do. They were afraid of what the unknown looked like, but they were also a bunch of whiners and complainers too. And we'll look at that too. But what do I mean by complaining, right? Because there's like a few different ways you can take the word complaining. Complaining, I'm not talking about when like you broke in your leg and you're like, um, my leg hurts. Like that's a good complaint. That's legit, right? If your knees pointed the opposite direction, you should tell somebody. Um, or like when you're going to throw up and you're like, I don't feel good. And you know, that's also a good complaint we would like to know if you're going to vomit, right? These are good complaints. I'm talking about whining. I'm talking about complaining. We all know that one person in our life who complains about everything, and it's just, it's the worst, right? And I really hope it's not me in my life, but it could be. I'm talking about when, when you're talking about how annoyed you are with somebody at school, and you just can't let it go, right? I'm talking about when you're complaining about how much you hate school, right? Or, or complaining about the rules your parents have for you, complaining about things that you could have a better perspective about. And so picking up in Exodus 15, 22 through 24, where the Israelites just left the Red Sea. It says, Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. And when they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called that place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. Israel was literally just freed from slavery. Israel was literally just saved by this like unheard of miracle where they basically walked through an ocean, like an oceanic tunnel, and they walked through it. It was completely awesome and stuff. And then they're like, the water tastes bad. Ugh, it's like Clifton water. I can't even handle it. You know what I mean? Like they just got freed from slavery. And so they turn on Moses like, what are we supposed to do? We're going to die. We can't drink the water. And so they're like, go pray to God, Moses. And Moses is like, oh my gosh, I have to deal with you people still. And he goes and he prays to God. God tells him to throw a log into the water and it makes the water sweet and they're able to drink. But how about the Israelites have some perspective, right? And perspective is going to kind of be our buzzword of the night. You're going to hear me say perspective a lot, but, but they were literally just facing the entire Egyptian army. They literally just saw an ocean split apart and they were saved by God doing this crazy miracle. And they're like, the water tastes funny. You know, it's, it's, how about some, some, some perspective? And because the Israelites go on to complain and whine about all of the things that they're experiencing in the wilderness, God lets them wander in the desert for 40 years. Now, the trip they were making, at most, at its longest, would have taken weeks, right? But because of their bad attitude, because of their perspective being low and not of how God wanted to wanted them to view their circumstances. They wandered the desert for 40 years. Now, I mean, I like camping. Like camping's fun for like four days, but 40 years, 
I have some logistical questions about what it's like to camp for 40 years. The Israelites, they literally lived in tents. First of all, how do you shower? right? This is a lifetime at this point. This is not a camping trip. And so like, look, I get it. Like you go camping, you can be stinky for three days, but the 40 years were people just only stinky back then. I, they must have been also the bathroom, like a camping trip. You can deal with it for a few days, but 40 years, you're telling me you find a tree for 40 years. I, I can't even handle it. But the Israelites chose to have a negative outlook, right? They chose to have a poor perspective about what was going on. And perspective is how you choose to view something. Perspective is how, to choose, or is how you choose to see what it is you're going through. And so tonight I want us, to, want us to take a look at two main perspectives we can have, right? We can complain, that's the, that's the bad one, right? Or we can choose to be content. We can choose to have contentment. And so what does it really mean when we are complaining? Well, if you really want to get a good idea of what complaining looks like or really what it means, you can either hang out with a five-year-old for a whole day or you can read Numbers 11. Joe and I were reading that this morning and talking about how Numbers chapter 11 is basically, should just be titled, the complaining book in the Bible. Like all the Israelites do is complain. Check out this verse in Numbers 11. Numbers 11, 1a. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship. First sentence out of the gate, we're complaining, right? Complaining is defined as the expression of dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. So if complaining is the expression of dissatisfaction or annoyance about something, that means that it's a secondary response, right? That means something had to happen to us to then create that complaint, whether it's a person whether it's a situation at school, whether it's uh, you stub your toe, something has to happen to us for there to be a complaint. Much like anger, complaining is a secondary feeling. It's a result of insecurity, right? We're insecure about something, so we're gonna complain about why we feel insecure. Or it's a result of jealousy. They have what I want, I don't have it, I'm gonna complain about it. It's a result of fear or wanting control or of impatience or maybe it's a fear or a lack of control and not trusting God with the situation in your life. Complaining always follows something else, but we have a choice in how to respond. Numbers 11 goes on to show us how the Israelites chose to complain a lot. Verses 10 through 15. Moses heard all the families standing in their doorways of the tents whining. And the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated. And then Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them into the promised land? Right? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Now, I realize that Moses is now complaining, right? But... There's a really interesting point in that, is what is influencing you, what you're surrounded with constantly, 
will come out of you eventually, right? There's a principle in the Bible with what you fill your heart with will come out of you. So if Moses is completely bombarded with complaining, is always around people who complain, is always exposed to complaining, of course his reaction when he finally snaps is gonna be complaining. But the difference is, is God com- or Moses complained to God. The Israelites decided to complain to each other and the response they were met with was anger. But when God, or when Moses, gosh, I keep doing that. When Moses decided to complain to God, he was met with a solution. It goes on to say, then the Lord says, gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. I will come down and talk to you there. I will also take some of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of people of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. God fixes Moses' problem by offering to pour out his spirit on the elders and leaders in the camp. Now, like I said, sometimes complaints are legitimate, right? Broken legs, sick, we want to know those things, right? But you have to choose the right place and the right ear to to give that complaint, right? To, to express it. Like you don't want to just complain to your friends to then gossip and make it worse, right? You want to bring your complaints to God when they are legitimate because like I said, the Israelites were met with anger when they complained to each other. But Moses was met with a solution when he complained to God. Complaining to God is different than complaining to friends because God has the answer, right? God is sovereign. God is in control and he can actually do something about it. Not like Randy, your friend in your U.S. history class. Like he's not going to fix your life problems. God will. So if you have a complaint about a situation, take it to God. I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Matthew 12, 34 says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So this means, what are we filling our hearts with, right? If we're filling our hearts with like movies that deal with gossip and drama, reality TV where everybody complains, books that, do you guys read books? I don't even know. I read, yeah, you're you're not old like me. You're cool. Um, I read books. I read a lot of books. But anyways, complaining, all that stuff, if you're exposed to it and you're filling your heart with it, of course you're going to start complaining. And so to illustrate this further, I want to invite out my assistant here, uh, Pastor Joe. He's going to come join us out here for uh, a demonstration of sorts. <clears throat> Welcome, Pastor Joe. You're walking very slowly. This looks nice. Yeah, that's not for you. Go ahead and put that down. So step on, step on over here to this pile of goodies. That doesn't look like goodies. Yeah, no, it is. It's going to be fine. So what we have here is our collection of things that we're going to put in the smoothie of death. So this is the yuck I was talking smoothie about. Smoothie of death is what you just said. Smooth- Those are the words that you said in I, your mouth. I sure did. Smoothie of death. So this you is going to... You want me to die? I thought we were friends. Well, no, it's more like power of life and death in the tongue. There's a smoothie of death, which is like represents complaining and the garbage coming out of your mouth. And the smoothie of life... Is, is fruit and delicious things. This is you, just a plate of onions. It sure is. It's going to be a good time. So anyway, Joe is going to pretend to be a teenager, and Joe is going to go through some... I'm about to pout. Get ...some right. situations, and we're going to see how he reacts to them, okay? Because the truth is, if we put garbage into our life, our smoothie, so to speak, we're going to get garbage out of it. So the first scenario is Joe has a conflict with somebody at school, right? And let's say that that person's name is Will, right? Joe has a conflict with somebody named Will, and yeah. Will decides... Dumb Will. I mean, 
He could be a nice guy. He's but. not. He's the worst. <laughs> Will decides him and Joe are not going to get along today, and he's, Will's going to pick on Joe. And so they're in gym class. They're playing basketball. Joe's better at basketball than Will. Way better. And so Joe goes up to do a jump shot, and Will yanks down his shorts. And so now they have a problem, right? And Joe has a decision to make. I thought you said this was a hypothetical. In this hypothetical situation, Will is not real. But he is. Anyways, so Joe has a choice. Joe's choice is he can either make a good decision where he puts a good ingredient in his smoothie where he chooses to have perspective or he can choose to spread rumors. And that's what Joe does. He chooses to spread a rumor. So he's going to go ahead and put some spam in that that blender there. Yeah. So he chooses, he's like, hey, did you guys know that Will has excessively long toe hair that glow, grows at an alarmingly like fast rate? Out of his elbows. <clears throat> Out of his elbows. So he puts that spam in there. He started spreading a rumor. <laughs> did it? Oh, boy. Why can't and, I? Nope, those are for you. And then, instead of having good perspective, Joe decides to add some more garbage in there by making a fun of Will's appearance, no. right? He's like, he's also so short. He's so short. He's so what short. a dork. And he starts like making fun of people yep. or making fun of Will to other people. So he goes yep. ahead and he puts some hot sauce in there, like a good amount. Like don't use like the little thing, unscrew this the lid and might just help. So empty we're fine it. with that. Wait, empty it? No. I mean, that's, that's a good amount. That's probably good. So then Joe has another choice. He can either be nice and, and, and try and make it up or he does what he actually does, which is he turns others against Will. You guys don't know what Will says about you behind your back. You guys don't know the kind of things he, he does. He's a terrible person. He, he made fun of that, that other short kid, or, or he's just the worst. And so then, yeah, it's me. This is all real. <laughs> it's not. We love Will. So then Joe puts a big old hunk of stinky cheese in there now. It's right there. It's next to the spam can. No, I see it. No, you just put it in there. You just put it in there. I did the egg and then did the, yep. all the other things. and mm-hmm. I hate blue cheese. Yes, there's a lot of things up there you <laughs> that's, hate. That's so much blue cheese. Scenario two. Scenario two. Joe has an annoying sibling. <laughs> Joe has this little that's sister true. who no, just big... keeps getting under his skin. This yeah. one's hypothetical. It's, you don't have true. a little sister. And so this little sister keeps getting under his skin. And so she's like, Joe, I need you to take me to ballet practice. And he's like, I can't. I have work. She's like, it doesn't matter. Mom said. And if you don't, I'm going to tell on you. And you're going to lose your Xbox. You know how little sisters can get. And so he's like, dude, he chooses to yell at her instead of having understanding. So Joe puts a whole plate of onions in his smoothie. No, I support I support the arts. It's no, fine. you put a whole <laughs> plate of onions in there. The whole thing? The whole thing, buddy. Have, have I ever told you that I, I hate you? Yep. Can a I'm, few times. Yeah. That's a lot of onion. The whole thing? Can I? Nope. Whole thing. Uh, I, did you ever know that, that I hate you? <laughs> okay. So then, out of anger, after having yelled at his sister... She goes and tells mom, and now Joe's even in more trouble, and he has to do all her chores, and he's grounded. And so what does he do? He hits her, right? He punches her right in the arm like an older brother. You know, he's like, do you want a Hertz donut? And he's like, wham, Hertz donut. Do you want a Hertz donut? And so then he has to put lard in there. This? Yeah. That's not, you're not supposed to just eat this. You don't have to put all of it, but a good helping. Oh, I appreciate that. See, we are friends. I'm looking out for you. This is just fat. <laughs> yeah, but it's Crisco, so it's synthetic health. Then, Joe, out of anger, having been grounded, lost his car, lost his friends, lost his Xbox, then out of anger, tells his sister, I 
hate you and I cannot wait to leave this place and move away and become a famous rock star. So because he's so bitter, he adds some apple cider vinegar to this equation. It's already bad enough. The all of it though, because you're getting a lot of liquid. <laughs> the Crisco's thick, man. We don't want to burn out the motor. Oh, no. Can I do something else? Can I do some like whipped cream or something in there? Did I do anything nice? You can do almond milk. It's unsweetened. <laughs> it's not even good. You know what? Instead, for good measure for complaining, mustard. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. <laughs> you oh, can sorry, see that this, that this smoothie is going to be real bad, right? It's going to be I, just garbage. And what, when we put garbage in, garbage might come back out, right? I can't. <laughs> I spilled it. <laughs> All right, we're wasting time. Just go ahead and blend that puppy. But I and can't get the sip. lid off. I'm sorry. Fine. That's good. You're That's the probably. worst. Let's just see how it goes. You're the worst. Activate. Act. You gotta push the button on the front. Just Activate. Oh. 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 It just smells like hot dog tonight. <laughs> Why is it that color? Because of all the ingredients. Go ahead and take that a sip and tell us how it tastes to complain all the time. I don't want to. Oh, man. She, she thick. A lot of chunkies in there. <laughs> the gum can't help you now. <laughs> My body rejected it. My body rejected it. <laughs> That's because it's yuck. That's because it's garbage. Now... We need to choose to be content, right? We need to choose overcoming complaints by choosing to be content. So I'm going to invite my next assistant out here, Madeline, and she's going to show us what it like, looks like to have a life of contentment. The definition of contentment is a state of happiness and satisfaction, but it's a choice to see being content. What does it really mean to be content, right? Let's look at what the Bible has to say. James 1, 2, and 4. Two through four says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. In other words, when we face hardship in life and we choose to be content, we choose to see the good in it and let those trials grow us in our faith, we can overcome the yuck in our life. So, same scenarios as earlier. Madeline has a conflict with somebody at school. Let's say that his name is Will. So, Madeline has a conflict with Will. They're in a math class, and hates. Madeline uh, hates math and struggles with it. And Will thinks he's better than her at it, but I don't actually know what Will's math habits are like. And so, he's making fun of her and stuff, and so Madeline chooses to be the bigger person. I Madeline chooses to pray for Will instead of engaging him in an argument because she knows he has a hard home life. Are you sure I did that? Just go with it. Do you want the gross smoothie know, or do you want the good smoothie? Sound so like then it. she adds a berry medley, which is Ooh. delightful to her smoothie because Madeline chooses the things of God, not the things of complaining. Yeah. So then 
Because she prayed for Will, she adds the berries in there, but then she, she decides to be even kinder to Will and go out of her way to be nice to him and try and make peace with him because she knows his life is hard sometimes. So she adds some peaches, right? So she adds all these delicious ingredients. And, and so Will is just now like, oh, Madeline's my favorite person ever. I misunderstood her. Scenario two, right? Annoying sibling. Madeline has an annoying little brother named Chester. Chester is, is bugging her just like he, Joe's sister was bugging him. And she decides to recognize that, you know what? Chester's bugging me because he really looks up to me. And he really wants to spend time with me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm, I'm to choose to spend time with him and mentor him and have fun with him, make memories with him. So she adds bananas in there. Oh, delicious bananas, right? So good. And then she decides that she's going to help Chester understand that I, I, you know, I need some space and because I have a bunch of homework to do. Not because I don't like you. Not because I don't want to spend time with you and I think you're annoying. I just need some space to get my stuff done. That's a really sweet thing, right? So she's got to add that chocolate sauce in there. She's got to add chocolate in there, you know. And then to top it all off, she chooses to take Chester to the movies, right? She treats him to this awesome day. She takes him to see Sing 2. She takes him to Sonic. She gets all the almond milk. She gets the whipped cream. She gets whatever she wants in her smoothie because she is making good choices. And like we said, what you fill your heart with is what comes out of you. So let's go ahead and see what that smoothie is going to turn out like. Uh, delish. Get out of here. I don't know. It might be real bad. I think it's going to be real nice. Liquify? Yeah. <laughs> that blender appears to be on the struggle bus. Uh-oh. It's going to explode. Okay. Okay. I'm going to jump. Wow, that looks lovely. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it? It looks so good. All right, Madeline, tell us. How is it? Mm. How are, how are choosing the things of the spirit? Delicious, right? Yeah. What you reap is what you sow. Absolutely not. Or you no. reap what you sow. My okay. All right. Let's give our assistants a lovely hand. I'm not doing that. I have to speak. You can take this movie with you if you want. It's really good. I don't. Okay. <laughs> right. So Madeline decided to make good choices and have perspective to see what God is trying to do in that situation and trust him with it because you reap what you sow right? Sow complaints, plant complaints in the ground, and you will get more complaints. Or if you plant things of God, having patience, having joy, having kindness, those things, you will grow and cultivate more of those. Matthew 7, 1 through 5 says, do not judge others and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So the, the, the point of that verse is you get what you give, right? If you give judgment, you're going to receive judgment. And all of us have things in our life that we need to work on, right? Everybody does. And the same is true for complaining. If you choose to complain about somebody, they're going to get more complaints back. You're going to hyper fixate on something on that person. And then you're going to have more to complain about. And you're going to find more about them that you don't like. But when we choose to have perspective and treat that person kindly, we're going to receive kindness, right? You get what you give, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you plant, you get, right? If you have constantly have something to complain about with your brother or sister, you're going to only focus on the things that are negative about them. And you might miss all the things that are awesome about a person in your house that could be your best friend, right? 
it looks, it's like looking at a beautiful rose garden and only noticing thorns, right? You're missing the beauty. You're missing the flower. Sure, the thorns exist. Siblings are annoying. Like you're stuck in a room with them for a long time, but, but you can see the goodness about them instead of what is negative. But you have to choose your perspective. You have to choose how to see that person or that situation. Perspective matters. Matthew 6, 22 through 22. Three says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Our, our eye, right, is the lamp into our body. So if how we choose to see something is dark, is negative, is complaint, is, is ugly, we're going to fill ourselves up with darkness, right? But if we choose to have our perspective on God and choose to see what it is he's saying, what it is he wants to do in this situation, we're going to fill ourselves up with light. And then light is going to come out of you or dark is going to come out of you if you choose that perspective. How you look at your situation, that person, or whatever is hard in your life can either fill you with light or darkness because perspective matters. What are you allowing in that's a negative influence? Is it some friends? Is it a TV show? Is it a podcast? Is it, is it a series on YouTube? Is, is it something that, that you enjoy in your life, but you realize that it causes some negative behavior in you? What are you filling your heart with? If you're filling it with, with ugly, you're going to spew out ugly. If you're filling it with the goodness of God, his word, if you're reading scripture, if you're worshiping, if you're praying, you're going to produce things of the Spirit, and they're called fruits of the Spirit, right? You're going to produce good fruit if you're cultivating that kind of lifestyle. If you have something to complain about, take that complaint to God, not to other people. Complain to God, because sometimes complaints are legitimate. There are hard things in life that you have to go through. Parents divorce, right? We joked about a conflict at school with somebody, but that can be really hard, right? A bully, that can be really tough to deal with. You, you might have a legitimate complaint with somebody in your household. You need to take those complaints to God and not your peers because your peers are going through hard stuff too and they don't have the wisdom that God does to help you get through those things in a healthy way. God is sovereign and has control over all things. So if we have a problem, who are we gonna take that problem to, right? We need to take it to God because he can actually solve the problem. Let us Choose to have good perspective and focus on God in his voice instead of choosing to focus on complaint. Let us pray. Lord God, we love you so much, and we thank you, Jesus, that we just get to be here with you. God, I pray that you would forgive us, Lord, for, for choosing to have a negative perspective, God, for choosing to, to complain instead of choosing to be content. And God, I pray that you would release in us a, a fresh vision, a fresh set of lenses to look at our life in a way that you want us to see it, God. Help us to see the people around us that you created as your kids and not enemies of us. God, help us to show your love and cultivate the things in our heart that are good from you and produce good fruit in our lives. God, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.